0: Welcome to the official Barclays Premier League podcast brought to you by Barclays. In a weekend where Manchester City won the season's first piece of silverware Chelsea have extended their lead at the top but without any advice from the special one
1: At half time I really did nothing Without words I showed them how disappointed I was I think they got the message and in the second half it was one of our best performances away from
0: Arsene Wenger's title hopes are hit as his side are yet again outgunned by Stoke
2: You know you get uh, clubs you always get good results against obviously Arsenal seems to be one over for us
0: at home And a moment of brilliance helps fire Aston Villa to their biggest win of the season
3: Sensational Not just uh, the technique and everything and the goal but the importance of it and the timing
4: really The way he took it was absolutely fantastic
0: We speak exclusively to Villa legend Ian Taylor about their newfound attacking prowess Stoke chairman Peter Coates joins us after beating one of the title contenders John Barnes boards the Barclays bus as Liverpool have a day to remember at St Mary's. Plus, we speak to the Baggies fan who ran seven marathons in seven days in seven different continents. My hero. Hello and welcome to the official Barclays Premier League podcast. I'm Ed Chamberlain and joining me for my podcast debut today is the former West Ham, Southampton and Crystal Palace striker, Ian Dowie. Ian, let's start. Looking back on the weekend, so we'll look at the Barclays Premier League in a moment. We must talk about the League Cup final. Manchester City coming from behind to win it. How big a boost will that give them going forward in the pursuit of other trophies?
5: Well, first and foremost, I thought, you know, in some ways, the the Cup was back at glamorous best. I thought it was a wonderful turnout, fantastic atmosphere. And I think it will give them a huge boost because there's no doubt that wasn't vintage City. It was, you know... For long periods, I thought Sunderland were absolutely outstanding and and Gus Boyer can do no more for me. Got everything spot on, the right selections, the right game plan, and then two pieces of genius. You know, I mean, the first two goals are out of the very, very top draw. And that's what best sides can do to you. So when you win, when you haven't played well, it's a huge boost.
0: And particularly for the manager, would that be fair for Pellegrini, first piece of silverware in Europe?
5: Yeah, and I think it's very important. You know, you can talk about other clubs he's been at. Of course, he's been at Real Madrid, and that would be the the one blip on his copybook that he hasn't got trophies with them. But he's now come to a side that's expected to. And at the first point of asking... He's delivered, so he he couldn't do no more at the moment. I mean, he's still very much in the race. You'd have to say... In the FA Cup, he looks he looks favourite. He's not going to be a million miles away from the from the Barclays Premier League title either.
0: So they've got the League Cup. First time they've won that for 38 years, Manchester City. Now, just to remind you, throughout the season, we're also looking for these standout moments of sportsmanship and spirit in the game through our hashtag YouAreFootball
5: campaign. Now, Ian, any particular examples this weekend for you? Jordan Henderson turning up to watch, you know, his, his boy a club in, 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 in Sunderland. That's just something special for him. I think he's a... From what I gather, he's an outstanding lad around the place. They they adore him at Liverpool. I think he's been a fantastic piece of business. Hugely criticised for long periods, and I, I'm really delighted for him that um, he's getting the praise he deserves. Because I remember against Hull, he played for Sunderland against Hull. He was the best player on the pitch at the time. He was only young. I always thought he'd, he'd go on to be a player, and I'm delighted for him. But also, that's testimony testament to me that he still knows where his roots are.
0: OK, into the Barclays Premier League. Let's start with the West London derby at Craven Cottage. Chelsea recovering from a poor start to beat Fulham
5: 3-1 in the end. Do you sense with Chelsea they're now getting on one of their ominous roles? Well, I've, I've sensed for a while that they, they find a way to win without ever being at their very best. Uh, I like their defensive setup. I think Matic has been a huge addition to the Barclays Premier League side because obviously, you yeah, can't play in the cup competitions. For me, that's a very important addition to the squad, and it's allowed them to do what they do, you know, to go and be more expressive and let the front four get on with it. And they are as, they're very, very effective. Well, certainly the, <laughs> the three behind the one are very effective. So. Interested to see um, they find a way to win again. The question afterwards is, what did Jose Mourinho say at half-time?
0: Well, hat-trick hero André Schörle explains the dramatic turnaround in the second half.
5: Yeah, it was like 10, 15 seconds in the dressing room. Told us something I don't want to tell here, but um, then he left us and uh, everybody knew. We need to change uh, our face and everybody has big respect for the manager and uh, everybody knew when he was coming to the dressing room, that everybody played uh, really bad and uh, everybody wants to uh, motivate himself and uh, get out with more aggressivity and uh, yeah, more vision to the match. And we did well and uh, yeah, won. That's what is important.
0: They certainly did well. He did brilliantly. A superb 16-minute hat-trick, Ian, for Scherler. Could you argue that the German has been underused by Jose Mourinho this season?
5: given his goal return, you'd have to say that. And, and Chelsea haven't been particularly free scoring, very good defensively. But am I looking at sides, am I looking at even at his German national side or even Bayern Munich? Look at what they do with Müller. He, and he comes and plays as plays a nine, played at Man City in the, in, in the Champions League. At um... Well, you're
0: saying Scherler could do that. Scherler could play Definitely. up front for Chelsea. Yeah,
5: it could, it, I mean, I don't think that's his natural strength. I do think running onto ball is his strength. I think it's a very different way of playing, to go from playing wide to playing up front, it's a huge ask. There's not too many of us can create things like that, Ed.
0: Hazard creates, doesn't he? (laughs) He, He was brilliant again, set up Scherler's first two goals in the game. They're on a roll, Chelsea, unbeaten now in 12 Barclays Premier League games. It must be said, though, Manchester City have those two games in hand. If they win them, they'll be level on points. But do you sense,
5: despite what he's saying, Mourinho, do you sense he's starting to believe? I think he is starting to believe. I do sense that when he looks at his team that he thinks they're a little way away maybe one or two players away from being the finished product don't forget they haven't got to play City again in the Barclays Premier League and I think that's very very important so I think if they do win the league this season I think that will be a year early but it's testimony to his brilliance that he can come up with strategies I don't think any other manager can.
0: Chelsea clear at the top in contrast the defeat keeps Fulham rooted to the bottom of the table four points from safety And midfielder Steve Sidwell knows they have a big task ahead.
5: Obviously looking at the teams that we've got to play against as well, it's going to be most of them in and around us, which is great. Obviously if we can take points off of them. That's what needs to be done down the bottom of the league. There's no easy wins. Um, You're not going to get any luck. It's all down to hard work. And we've shown
0: that of late, but we just need to have that little bit of quality and hopefully get a little bit of luck. And um, Ten games
1: to go, all cup finals now and we dig deep.
5: Big games ahead for Fulham. It was the same old problem, wasn't it, Ian? Sibwell and, and Parker for fifty five minutes were excellent. And when the goal went in, it was the belief went out of them. You know, and I think against the, the better side, you, you need you do need something to hang on to. You know, and they didn't have that. And then looking forward they they know that some of them players looking around thinking, where's the goal's gonna come from?
0: What about the new manager? Have you have you seen improvement under McGap?
5: Yeah, I have. A little bit. Um I've got some reservations about the implementation of you know, a particularly aerobic training method so late in the season. I'm a great believer in aerobic training. It. I mean, I've always done it myself. And even at the elite level in the Bartley's Premier League, we always made sure that we were very aerobically fit. But I do think you need back off before the game. I think you do need to leave something in the players' legs and not leave it on the training ground.
0: So for Fulham, they haven't won since January the 1st, conceding goals. You talk about the lack of goals. They're conceding them. 62 they've conceded. Next up a huge game against Cardiff at the weekend, which we will talk about later on. Right now, though... To St Mary's, where Liverpool kept their total hopes very much alive with a 3-0 win against Southampton. Ian, was that the performance of potential champions?
5: Certainly second half. I thought it was absolutely. And again, I think Brendan Rodgers deserves a great deal of credit. Looked at that. Worrying moments, you know, if you like. Some fortunate breaks from in the first half that allowed them to be where they were. But he solved the tactical problems that Southampton were posing. them. And and in the end, it sounds bizarre, but 3-0 didn't flatter. Liverpool later on, I mean they look very effective so a brilliant away performance and they're a side that are certainly very much in the shake-up. Well let's hear from him,
0: Liverpool up to second in the table but Brendan Rodgers is taking things one game at a time.
5: Yeah I think for us we're just keeping going what we're doing, obviously everyone speaks about Chelsea Man City and Arsenal and and probably rightly so they're the three teams that have been up there for, for a number of years, for us we're only concentrating on ourselves, I take great pride in working with the players and I take great pride in watching them, how they've developed over 18 months and for us we just want to keep improving. I think mentally we're getting stronger all the time tactically you know it's a number of formations that we've played this year our style will always try to be the same but it's good to have that flexibility in the team and as I said we just want to keep winning games 10 games to go now and we'll just see where it takes us.
0: which is what his team are doing they're unbeaten the league in 2014 they've won seven of nine 23 points from 27 they are flying Luis Suarez scoring again Ian a goal and two assists on his 100th Barclays Premier League appearance but could you argue the best thing to come out of the weekend after whatever Everyone had been saying was
5: at the other end a clean sheet for Liverpool. Yeah, very important because they have been shipping goals away from home, particularly. I also think when Brendan Rodgers talks about the way the way they play, I think he's changed the way they play over the season. They're a lot more counter attacking. You know, they don't mind other sides having more of the ball. And then what they do is they, they look that forward pass early into their front three, which are their best part of their game. And it's really, really effective. You know, you think about the ability to be able to counter punch very, very, very successfully. And they do, they do it brilliantly. So I think he's got into the real world, rather than just his philosophy, we've got to dominate possession. Now, he's looking like a side who uh, can soak up pressure, but also can dominate the ball, but most of all are effective when they have the ball. How big a factor in all of this is the fact that this is their sole focus? They can focus solely on trying to win in the Barclays Premier League. We talked about Fulham. You can leave a lot in your legs. You know, you can do two or three days focused training on a, on a particular game, know them which way your opposition's going to play, what you want to play, and then bring the lads down. You've got loads of time. You've got plenty of time to analyse your opposition. Not at your leisure, but you can, you can take your time building your, your game plan for each game. And I, I think that, that is very, very important.
0: Let's talk about Southampton. Two defeats in a row for them now. And all the talk in the week was about their England boys, the positives from it. What did you make of them at the weekend?
5: There's nothing wrong with their England boys. I mean, I, I think James is another one who's going to go on to be excellent. Lallana was outstanding as was Shaw but they have to find a different way when a certain way is not working again it's okay saying that way they've been away to West Ham a side that I love but I thought Southampton would go there and cause them problems West Ham found a way of overcoming Southampton and I think Liverpool did the same and Pochettino needs to find a plan B if his first 11 or his first 45 minutes is not winning. How do you get them wins that I think the creativity in the side deserve? Well, what is the answer to that? Do they need to be more direct? No, I don't think they're more direct. I think they need to recover to shape much, much quicker. You know, I, I've watched them at time when they, you know, they go a goal down. They commit a lot of bodies forward. You know, they've got talent in their team. You know, don't give the game away before you're you know, out of it. It's very important to hang in the game. And they don't do that enough. Also, I know Osvaldo went, but they lack another option. I think there's a little bit of tiredness coming to some of the players too. Southampton stay ninth in the table. It was a
0: great day, no doubt, for the travelling Liverpool fans who made the 500-mile round trip to the south of England on Saturday. And some of those fans were treated to free travel as part of the Barclays bus scheme. And even better news, Liverpool legend John Barnes joined them on the us for an away day to remember.
2: I think it's a great little idea it just gives fans a little bit back as some reward for the loyalty
1: of following your club I think it's great I think it should be done more often it should treat and it should respect the people that follow you and this is just great but it's a great scheme the free travel I don't know about me being on bus with them I don't know if they're very happy about that but but <laughs> well, free travel yes because it's so expensive now to follow your football team if you think about the combined total that you have to spend so for the very fact that a lot of, some of that can be alleviated by the gestures that Barkers have made by putting on free buses it's fantastic I think
2: uh, the way. Game still gives the fans the real taste of football, and it just reminds you what you
1: know that the the football's all about. Well, listen, when I first started playing football, the away fans have always been important because, of course, it's very easy to be a home fan. You live around the corner, you can turn up, you can you know just go to the games. You can be home in five minutes, go to the pub. Whereas away fans, particularly when you have to go to journeys like this, a long way, it shows the passion and the dedication that you have for your club. If we turn up, we'll beat anyone. Liverpool was that good, and we've proved it many, many times. But it's if we turn up. It's not what we were expecting at
4: the beginning of the season and people talking about us winning the league but like John Vaughn said just don't know if it will happen but certainly in the
1: mix Well I think they can sustain the challenge I don't think they'll win it but I'm sure they won't be that far off the top I've been very impressed with Brendan Rodgers you know he has, he has created a, a method that the players are happy with the players understand more importantly and they're playing consistently well um, from an attacking perspective, we have to get the balance right between attack and defence because we're very top-heavy going forward with great attacking players, but we have to do a little bit more defensively.
2: Well, what a legend and what a fantastic fellow is. And the stories are well worth a good listen to. Yeah, he's a top man.
0: It's brilliant, that, isn't it, Ian? A couple of reasons, really. John Barnes telling stories, (laughs) singing with the fans, and also this free travel. Great innovation, because away fans are such an important part of
5: our game. Yeah, I think they're hugely important. You've seen some... Fantastic away followings. I was fortunate to play for West Ham, whose away following was, was, was magnificent too. I think it's really important that when you go to games, that the, the Barclays Premier League games particularly, you need you need away following to create that atmosphere. And I think that's what the bonus of this scheme is. It's, it allows people to go, and it is normally expensive, as John says. allows them to d- be able to do that. And there's nothing better than an away win. It sounds like win at <laughs> home, but when you win away, there's something special. Imagine that the journey back is flies by. I bet. Yeah. He's still got a decent voice, hasn't he? He's got a very good voice. <laughs> <laughs> now, for more photos and
0: details about Saturday's trip, just go to the Barclays Football Facebook site. The next Barclays bus scheme will be taking place on Saturday the 29th of March with Manchester City fans travelling down for the big game at Arsenal. So keep an eye out for that. Now, coming up, we'll be speaking exclusively to the Stoke City chairman, Peter Coates. You're listening to the official Barclays Premier League podcast. Right back to the weekend's matches as Arsenal's title challenge took a blow on Saturday with Stoke battling their way to a hard earned 1 0 victory at the Britannia. The game was decided from the penalty spot and Stoke's scorer, Jonathan Walters, admitted he was surprised he had to take it.
2: To be fair, Charlie took the last one and um, I was looking for I thought he was selling the pitch, I was looking for him and he wasn't there so I thought, you know, step up and take it and glad to put it away. To a man I thought we were first class, I thought. First half, we dominated it possession-wise. We passed it really well. Everyone wants to get on it, and um, we've done the, you know, the hard bits. We've done them well, and um, it paid off in the end.
0: Well, to discuss this impressive win, I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by the Stoke City chairman, Peter Coates. Thanks for joining us, Peter. Why is it that you always seem to be Arsenal at home?
2: Well, it sometimes happens with football clubs, doesn't it? You, uh, you, you know, you get uh, clubs, you always get re- good results against, and obviously Arsenal seems to be one of for us at home.
0: And good to see the Britannia rocking again.
2: Yes, it was good. We all had a good day. Um, three vital points for us here. Really
0: pleased. And a word about Jonathan Walters. We just heard a clip from him talking about the game. He's quite a character, isn't it? When he? When you consider what's happened to him, particularly from the penalty spot this season.
2: John's a great lad. You know, he's beaten us now. I can not know how many years. It seems like forever. But he's, what you know with John, every time he goes out, he gives you everything. And I always think with any you you can't ask for any more than that. And that's why John's a big favourite with us all.
5: Hi, Peter Ian Dower here. I was just just wondering, you know, Mark Hughes has obviously got a fantastic wrestle with four different clubs against against Arsenal. I wonder when you when you moved from Tony to Mark, it doesn't seem to me it was a quantumly a totally different manager. It was a similar style based upon good organisation. Is that what you felt?
2: No, we we, we we didn't. When we appointed Mark, just as, as the same with Tony, we didn't. We did best how they're going to play. We, we we know enough about them anyway, so uh, it's up to the manager how he plays. And I don't think there's any one way to play football. It's uh, we need variety. We don't want a boring uh, La Liga.
0: And on to 30 points, Peter, now, which is a magical figure at the moment. You don't really need to look downwards anymore, do you?
2: We'd like to win another at least two games, if not three. And we've got a, got a decent run-in. But you've got to win your matches, haven't you? It's very much in our hands, yeah.
0: And the home form, I was just saying, is absolutely crucial for you, isn't it? such a difficult place to go, the Britannia, for other teams.
2: It's going to be very important to us, and we've... Uh, yeah, we've got a good record at home. We've got to maintain that. We've got uh, our next home game is West Ham, so that'll be a big game for us. And, of course, we've got we've got Norwich on Saturday. They're in the same position as we. I think we've got one point more than they have right now.
0: And good luck with that. Just just finally on this season, I mean, you've been in football a long time, particularly with the bottom half of the table. Can you ever remember a season like this?
2: I don't think I've seen I think It's never been quite so tight. I'm sure somebody can pull some record out, and it might have been, but it's very unusual to be... 11 teams and so little separating because it? it's varying all the time from, you know, week, week, week to week, but uh, no, it's an unusual season and uh, and one for testing your nerves.
0: I bet. Well, congratulations for the win on Arsenal at the weekend and good Thanks luck going that. forward as well, Peter. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. And it was great to see the fans jumping again, as I said to Peter, at the Britannia Stadium. There was a dodgy period in the season for Stoke, but how do you sum up the overall job that Mark Hughes has done there?
5: He's evolved the team. I think that's very important. Everyone talked about this revolution that needs to happen. I think that's disrespectful for the manager before, who did a fantastic job. What Mark Hughes has done, he's gone back to the way I think he had it at Blackburn. You know, They were very difficult to beat, in your face, dogged, but passed the ball around when they had it, and I think that's where they are. They're a very good Barclays Premier League outfit now. They're 13th in the table, and as I said to Peter
0: they have reached that 30 point mark. As for Arsenal, it was a damaging defeat which sees them drop four points behind leaders. Chelsea. Here's the verdict of midfielder Jack Wilshire.
3: We know what to expect when we come here, you know, it's gonna be a tough game, we have to fight and, and win second balls and then we have to take the opportunities when they come, you know, we did do that today. You know, we had a few chances in the first half and we didn't take them and then you know, you're gonna get punished here. We weren't our best, you know, but sometimes you don't have to be, enough and we did enough to win the game. We had a few chances in the first half where if we put them away, you know, we go in one up at half time, it's a different game, you know, we can sort of try and see the game out, but said, you know, we're searching for a goal and and they're searching for a goal and you know it was an open game and you know we're disappointed
0: jack says ian they had chances in the first half the fact is though they didn't
5: manage a single shot on target in the second half did they do enough for you no no, I think um, when they've been found wanting once or twice this year, that spark's been missing. And, and okay, you get you. Of course, you can look at the you know the, the facts that Ramsey and Walcott are missing. But you know, in terms of the creativity, you'd think with Raziki, with you know, Kozola, with, with, Corzola, with those who, who stays on the bench, big surprise for me, you know, a real big surprise because I did think his creativity going forward was quite decent. Yeah, he gave the ball away once or twice. He was trying to create things, and he's not in the team to run around. That that's not what he does. He just he has them little bits of magic. His chance creation is still very good, so it surprised me. that You would have started bench. him. I would have started him without doubt.
0: How damaging do you reckon that defeat is going forward and their hopes of winning the title? In my view, I
5: don't think they can win the Barclays Premier League title now. I think that's that damaging. Why not? Because they've got some tough games to come against, I think, better opposition than Stoke. And you need to go to place so I know they've done brilliant this year, Stoke at home, against the bigger sides. And you could argue that, you know, they beat most of them. I just felt that it's a testament to where you can play against Arsenal that other sides will look at. I think people will be at thinking, we play this way, we'll stop them winning games. And I think they've got a certain way of playing. They can't grind out a game. They're going to have to, though, aren't they? With the three away trips in the next four, they go to Spurs, North London, Derby, Chelsea, Everton,
0: throwing a game against City as well. It's brutal,
5: isn't it? It's brutal. I mean, and if, if, they were, if they're to win them th- in three games that are coming up, then of course they can win it. I don't see that happening. Can you see Chelsea, for example, shipping that many points? I don't think you can. So it's not so much the fact that Arsenal aren't very well equipped to go on a good run. I don't think Chelsea are going to drop enough or Man City are going to drop enough points. So for me, that's a hugely damaging at this stage of the season.
0: Tough run ahead for Arsenal then to another home team to leave it late to steal the points. And that's Everton, who edged past a resolute West Ham side thanks to substitute Romelu Lukaku's 81st-minute strike. And it was the perfect way for the Belgian to mark his return after a month out with an ankle injury.
2: I want to thank the medical staff here and in Belgium that they helped me to get back fit. And uh, now I want to help the team to and as high as possible. It was good to come in and to help the team win. You have the quality to break every team down, so today we did it well, and now it's up to us to keep on going like that.
0: What a season he's had, Lukaku, Ian, and what a season Everton are having. We keep
5: writing them off, if you like. They won't go away. No, they won't go away. I would love to see Barkley back in his effervescent way. He was playing. looks like he's a little bit off the pace. I do sense they'll need some of that creativity, but in Lukaku, they've got a player who's... Got everything, even he totally transformed the game. Very surprised he started on the bench. You know, that was very careful and probably. Very much advised by Roberto Martinez. For me, I think he's, he's crucial to them, and they'll have a. I think they'll finish the season really well. I've just got a sense that there's a belief around the place. What about their defending Everton?
0: A lot of people say no, Jagielka at uh, the weekend. Another clean sheet.
5: Well, Stone's come in and done very well. I've seen him as a, as a fullback at Barnsley, raiding forward, love to go forward. Good size. I've heard that people who, who work with him say that he's going to be a centre back. He looked very, very composed. And the best thing I can say about Stones is against West Ham, you're going to have to defend. And he did that very well at times. Roberto Martins will be saying, we've coped with, you know, a side that gives every team a problem. Look at in recent weeks, West Ham have found a way to beat sides. We cope with them very comfortably. As for
0: West Ham, the defeat halted a run of four consecutive wins, and manager Sam Allardyce was disappointed his side didn't hold out for a point.
2: It all looked like it was probably going to pan out to a nil-nil draw, which should have been uh, obviously very good for us, picking up a, another point, uh, another clean sheet, but uh, Unfortunately, in the end, that wasn't to be. So uh, we're disappointed. But uh, we've got to bounce back from this. We make life extremely difficult for opposition players. And uh, we didn't find the final third play we've been finding over the last four games. And then so we've uh, ended up just losing that 1 0.
0: But Ian, they have been on an
5: excellent run. Are they a great example, the best example, if you like, the benefits of sticking with a manager? Sticking with a manager who knows his onions. You know, I, I do think that. You know, I'm a West Ham fan, but I've talked to several West Ham fans. Sam Adelaise knows how to find a way to win in the Barclays Premier League or find a way how to survive. I think that's very, very important. Do so you look at the attributes at his disposal, you know, in, in terms of a back four... He, he, Without Winston Reid, who's clearly their best one, he's found a way to do that. So for me, yeah, of course the board deserves huge credit for having been brave enough to stay with Sam. West
0: Ham stay in the top half. They are 10th on 31 points. Now, coming up, we'll be focusing on the other end of the table and speaking to Aston Villa legend Ian Taylor. Now, Barclays has been running the Barclays Twitter Ticket Competition for you, the fans over the past few months where you can win tickets to a match involving your club by simply telling us why you are football. Let's take a quick look at some of the recent winning entries. For example, Pete Christensen. He said this, I once had to miss Chelsea against Manchester United at the bridge due to my wife giving birth. Chelsea won 2-1, so I named my daughter Chelsea. Sad but true. Kevo Peelref says, through my childhood, I dreamt I was a Spurs player. 40 years on, I dream I'm a Spurs manager. Love footy, love Spurs, he says. And finally, Craig Fletcher, he says this, nothing compares to hearing Zed cars ringing around Goodison Park before kick-off at the People's Club. Hashtag, you are football. Ian Dowie,
5: you must remember a few famous football songs, surely. I quite like the Z cars coming out. I think Goodison's a fantastically atmospheric ground. But I mean, I've got a little. It was not so much a, a song for the crowd, but the crowd singing about a player. And We played, I think it was at West Ham. We played Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, and, and they had Tony Cascarino on his side, and it was just one of the funniest chants I've heard. They said, we, do, "We don't need another hero. We've got Tony Cascarino." <laughs> for me, it was just, it was just brilliant. You know, fantastic. I remember a few of the chants uh, to you at Southampton as well, Mr Dowie. <laughs> uh,
0: what about the Pete Christensen one? Did you ever miss a game uh, due to the birth of one of your children? But well, It's interesting. I was in
5: Latvia. Uh, my wife was due to give birth and she got to admitted to hospital. So I said to the manager, my wife's going to the hospital. She said, there's no flights back. So I played in the game, flew home, seen the wife and then realised there was flights back. But he just kept me out there. <laughs> Luckily, we won 2-1 and I scored the goal. So everything was all right in the end. But nonetheless, yes, I did miss my birth of my first son. Oliver's birth with his mum. I imagine Debbie Dowie wasn't best pleased. <laughs> uh, now to have a chance of winning tickets to watch your
0: club, tweet why you are football to at Barclays footy using the hashtag YouAreFootball. I'm here with Ian Dowie as we continue our look back at the weekend's action. To Villa Park next, where four goals in 16 first-half minutes gave Aston Villa an emphatic 4-1 victory over Norwich. The inspiration behind this early blitz was the two-goal hero, Christian Benteke. So let's hear from the Belgian.
1: We start really bad the the game, and after we create some chances and we we show some great uh, football, and some good character as well. We have the the chance. It was goal. It's good for for myself, but the most important for the team.
0: So that was the Villa striker Christian Benteke. We're now joined on the line by the former Villa midfielder and club ambassador Ian Taylor. Ian, thanks for joining us. Just sum up how good that first Benteke goal was.
3: Oh, sensational not just uh, the technique and everything and the goal but the importance of it and the timing really because it was at a time when um, the natives were beginning to get restless and um, we were a goal down so uh, it was a really important goal as well but the way he took it was absolutely fantastic. It was Ian dowie S.
5: <laughs> now I know he's lying.
0: <laughs> you, you said you said you were worried. I mean, after that Houlihan goal, were you with the Villa fans in fearing the worst once more?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, especially with the home record we've got, everybody was sort of thinking, oh, no, here we go again kind of thing. But um, as Christian just said, they it, it showed a lot of character. The timing was good, like I say, uh, because it wasn't too long after they scored that we got the goal back. So it was good timing. Just at the right time when I thought, oh, the crowd's going to start to go here. Because obviously Norwich would have had a game plan to sort of keep the home crowd quiet. Because if they knew they could do that, then they'd have a good chance of winning the game.
5: and I was just thinking, you know, at the time, I couldn't agree more yet, they're, they're dominating possession. Penteke comes up with them little bits of magic. But I just wonder whether other parts of the team, I thought El Amadi did well defensively, but do they They miss a like a Ray Hout and Andy Towns? Even yourself, someone's going to break into the box and get goals from midfield. Do you think that's something they need to solve the problem of?
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely I think it, the midfield's a bit too much of the same and like you said there's nobody from the midfield who can get forward and contribute goal wise so yeah I think that is something that he's looking at maybe somebody to play in behind two strikers maybe and um, that's why he's been looking at the likes of, of Houlihan who can uh, create as well as get get goals as well.
0: In the table now, Ian, they're 11th, 31 points, seven clear of danger. Where do you see it now? Almost safe? Almost.
3: I'm not saying that they are, but um, you can be 11th and still be in the relegation dogfight. It's crazy, isn't it? But um, it's that close. Well, I do think on our day, uh, as we showed on Sunday, we can get the result when needed. So um, a couple more wins and we should be OK.
0: That's the thing about Villa, isn't it? I mean, they're capable of doing anything. Would you agree with those who think they're the most unpredictable team in the league?
3: Yes, definitely. We've beaten Man City at home this season, unbelievably, uh, in an unbelievable game. So, um, yeah, on our day, if can give anybody a game, it's just doing it consistently. And that's been our problem, especially at home. We've struggled at home to break teams down. But... The way we play sort of suits us away from home and we can hit teams on the break. As we showed with the third goal the other day, breaking from our own box, we're, we're really good at it. You know, we struggle at home to break teams down sometimes.
0: And Ian, just finally, a question I've always wanted to ask you as, as a boy, because you watched at the whole 10, didn't you, at Villa. What's it like then to go on and play in the top flight for the club you supported?
3: It's difficult to put into words, to be honest, but, you know, ask any fan if they want, want to play for their team that they support. They're, they'd want to do it, they'd give the right arm to do it. And I. You know, through a bit of luck and uh, a good timing, managed to do it. So, uh, yeah, it was a dream come true, true for myself. You savour every minute that you wear the shirt, and it's great just to go out there and play at Villa Park.
0: Thanks so much for that, Ian. Thanks for your company today from Ian and I. No problem, guys. Thank you. That was really interesting, Ian. What he said there because it's a
5: similar story for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I was fortunate enough to play for West Ham, but um, I mean, not as probably with as much distinction as Ian did for his. But <laughs> do you know, it's interesting for me, and I think you probably share this Ed It's one of the big clubs, you know. They're sort of drifting around. I mean, uh, drifting's the word, isn't it, with them? Where where do, where do they go? Where do they get their next step? And you know, imagine if they lost Benteke. Imagine if they lost him. What? Where would you go forward? He, I'm not being funny. He just single handedly, because they were never winning that game until he did what he did. I mean, and as he said, it's a stunning overhead kick. And just to let Ian Taylor know I've never scored one of them I know that people <laughs> listening know that <laughs> you scored some wonderful goals though in your
0: time it was a fabulous result that for Villa in the end But for Norwich, their fourth away defeat in a row, and manager Chris Houghton wants more from his players.
3: We should have done better. One, you can't allow him to play the type of balls in, particularly to somebody with the power that Benteke's got. But as defenders, we've got to deal with that better. It's part and parcel of the game. He is, no doubt, on top form, an exceptional player. But we have to deal with them things. And and as a team, even at 2-1, even if you accepted that Benteke's power allowed him to get to the two goals that he got. Then, you know, we have to gather as a team and we have to make sure that at 2-1 that we stay in the game. But we didn't and their pace took over from that moment and uh, so at 4-1 down, there's there's no coming back.
0: The problem remains goals One
5: at the weekend for them. Do you have sympathy for Chris Hutton the way it's going? I'm a great admirer, of Chris Hutton. I think he speaks absolute sense. We talked about staying in games. That's what he should do. Don't forget that you know they've had some magnificent results of late, even at home. A draw with Man City, a draw with Chelsea. They've been decent, and they're, they're decent at home, and I think Chris will be fine. I don't know why he comes under pressure, but he seems to all the time. So, Norwich, 15th in the table, 28 points. That is four points clear
0: of danger. Now to another team to go down to a 4-1 defeat at the weekend. Hull City, blown away by Newcastle at the KC Stadium on Saturday. A superb performance by Newcastle, but, Ian, we know, overshadowed, by the instance involving Alan Pardew and David Myler, the midfielder. Now then, you can't defend what Alan Pardew did, but can you understand the heat of the moment as a manager?
5: What happened? Yeah, you can. I can understand it in the heat of the moment. I had a video of myself on the sidelines done for me by, by my, one of my assistants, and the camera focused on me, and I watched it back. I've got to say, I was embarrassed with my behaviour you know you ran into the fourth official negativity nothing positive actually never helped to win the game or lose the game and you know, my view is you should be concentrating on what the team's doing well you know Alan Allen has said said he's sorry hopefully they move on from that yeah he's
0: set to be punished accordingly by the FA the sadness about it from a Newcastle fan's perspective Ian is, is overshadowed what was a, a brilliant performance they scored more goals in that game uh, than the previous
5: nine Barclays Premier League matches if you'd have said to me two or three weeks ago I would have fancied Southampton to have a better end of the season. Now they're looking at a little bit of daylight and. Um... I think Alan Pardew's doing a very, very good job. Remy's been a hugely important player in that, but Sissoko looks brilliant signing at the money he spent, and once again, he comes up with very good bits of business, so he's doing a great job, and he would just be disappointed with his reaction at the weekend. You talk about space, Newcastle
0: in eighth, four clear of Southampton, only two behind Manchester United. As for Hull, Liam Rossini summed up the mood in the camp afterwards.
3: It was a disappointing day for everyone, connected with the club, started the game very well, had a good chance, and seemed like the the theme of the day, they hit us on the counter-attack. one nil up, and then we're back two, three great chances hit the bar. And then obviously the second goal for half-time, like a mistake from our point of view. But I think we've got a really strong group here, and I've got no worries about brushing this off and going again.
0: He's not worried. They've had such a good season and These were two of your old clubs, of course, Mm. but Hull, they've had this blip, particularly at home where they've lost three of the last four, but it takes nothing away, does it, from what's been a fantastic season? No, a brilliant
5: season. It just goes back to the fact is possession counts for nothing. You know, counter-attacking is such a huge part of the game. And Alan Pardew's game plan worked perfectly. I just sense they need to tighten up a little bit, particularly at home. They were brilliant at home, winning the game 1 0 at the KC. I think Steve Bruce will need to tighten that up. You talk about possession. That leads me nicely to our next game, which is Swansea
0: Crystal Palace in South Wales. A Glen Murray penalty salvaging a draw for Crystal Palace, which we're talking about in a moment. But when you refer to possession, you automatically think of Swansea these days. Was the weekend typical of their season?
5: Yeah, typical of the season. But I thought also, you know, it was a fantastic opportunity, a brilliant save to stop it maybe in 2 0. You know, sometimes. Keepers keep you in games, and I think Julius Broney did that. I thought their first-off display was magnificent. But again, Tony Pulis finds a way to change that. It's a sea change in the way the game's going. They play a lot more direct. He takes Tom Ince off. They go with two up front, and all of a sudden, it's more... All right, it's more industrial to football, but Swansea struggle to cope with it. 69 possession
0: for Swansea this time around. Let's hear from their goalkeeper Michel Vorm who's been speaking about their precarious league position.
2: Yeah it's very tight but I think if we uh, keep on going what we what we can do especially the last few games you know I'm 100% sure we don't have to worry you know and the next home game uh, I think is West Brom. These are the games you need to win. We have now no game next week so that's also good in a sense. When we are back against the West Brom we are 100% fit and uh, uh, win that game.
0: It's a, a game that leaves them 14th. They're on 29 points,
5: five clear of danger. He's 100% not worried. Are you worried at all for him? No. I do sense they've got enough in the team and, of course, they dominate the ball well enough. I just think they've got enough armaments to hurt teams. It
0: finished 1-1. The saviour for Crystal Palace was their forgotten man, Glenn Murray, who came off the bench to score his first Barclays Premier League goal after almost nine months out with a serious knee injury.
5: No, it was, just, it was a good goal for the team, do you know what I mean? It was a good draw. A week, Swansea, we felt we could get some coming here today, and uh, luckily we have. We obviously pushed, we tried tried hard towards the end to uh, to grab the win, but it wasn't to be, and uh, it's a good place to get a point. It's in our own, own hands, isn't it? We've got to beat the teams we've got left to play, and uh, and we'll remain in the Premier League. It, uh, it's nice to be in our own, own hands this uh, this late on in the season.
0: Ian, he falls into the category of the hashtag, you are football, doesn't he? Brilliant to see him back and back scoring as well.
5: Yeah, and and single-handedly last year got them in a position where they had the opportunity to get promoted to the Barclays Premier League. You know, a wonderful goal return, very serious knee injury. There's a lot of concerns about it. I think he had one or two little wobbles on his way back. But fantastic to see him back. And Tony Pulis shown a bit of faith with him, chucked him back in, believes he'll get the goals they need. Taking them to 27 points, do you see that potentially a crucial point at a place like Swansea going forward? I do. I think they've got Liverpool, Chelsea and Man City to play at home. Some tough games coming up at home. So you'll um, need to get the odd point away from home. I think they've got a a, a vitally important couple of weeks coming up. Again, Tony Pulis is one of the managers who understands how to stay in this division. Yeah, what an impact he's had. It is
0: fascinating at the bottom of the Barclays Premier League and we'll round off our weekend review at White Hart Lane where Spurs ground their way to a 1-0 victory over relegation-threatened Cardiff. And this, Ian, for Spurs, it was just all about the win, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, Cardiff will take very little out of it, but but should, when when, when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer analyses it, should take some things out of it, but... Tim Sherwood trip to Europe finds a way to get the job done and even more important a lad who's been out of form takes a goal and, and, and looks I think like he, he did at Valencia he looked like a natural goal scorer again. and I think he's he should he should be, should be have done better I don't understand why he hasn't I think he's a box player but I'm delighted to see him get back on the score sheet
0: Yeah he needed it Roberto Soldado his first goal in nine games and the Spaniard strike partner Emmanuel Adebayor was asked how difficult it is when the goals dry up
4: Oh
3: it's a difficult one you know you start uh, a little be doubting yourself, and uh, you'll be like, "Okay, when am I going to score again?" A striker playing with a confidence and a striker playing without the confidence is two different things. Trust me, it's a, it's a very, very difficult one, especially for Roberto Soldado. He has been through a lot this season, and uh, we just have to keep working hard as a team and uh, and manage to finish in the top four.
0: I'm not sure you ever experienced
5: a barren spell, did you, Ian? <laughs> What's it like for a striker having to go through that? Well, I mean, what uh, Emmanuel Adebayor says is right. You, know, you start making, trying to concentrate and doing the thing, the other parts of your game better than what you're in the team for. Start coming deeper, maybe, you know, not making as bright runs, not trying things you would normally try. Confidence is a huge thing. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I thought so you can see Soldado's reaction, what it meant to him, but I, it was a very good finish. and He didn't have one then. ones that go off his off shin or something. It was a very good first touch and an excellent second one. So, That'll give him a huge amount of confidence. His all-round game's been okay at times, but you know when you pay twenty-eight million for a player, you need him to go straight into the side and score goals. Spurs still in the race for Champions League football, just.
0: Four points behind Manchester City. They are in fifth. City, though, with two games in hand. Cardiff in trouble at the other end. A third defeat in four, and they remain three points from safety. However, manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is happy to still have the backing of the fans. Having 2,000 Bluebirds singing there is is great. And towards the end, you can see, I think they're proud of the players. Because, you know, there, there were questions after last week. You get a battering in terms of scoreline, but today was a team effort. They could see the team with passion and determination and dedication for the course. We need to win five of the last ten, and to ask us to win the last five on the bounce is maybe too much. So why not start straight away?
5: He remains positive. He talked about the fans there. Are you positive about their hopes or is it too tough for them? I think it's a crucial game this weekend. I mean, I've got to say, his display this weekend was very good. I mean, I thought he was naive last week, if I'm honest. They did dominate the ball, but on the counter-attack, you know, their team shape when they had the ball, they got picked off at will. This week, much more like a side, much more energy, much more togetherness. One or two great opportunities, but in the end, came up short, which is not the worst result. I just think this weekend is what it's all about for Cardiff. I, I don't think if this result goes against them this week this is a doomsday game for both sides in my opinion
0: it's Fulham it's huge as you say I mean you talk about six pointers there's going to be every cliche in the book
5: used ahead of this one it's just simply a must win for both isn't it it's difficult to know where where you go you've got the two worst defences in the league and Cardiff who can't score Really, in terms of that nineteen goals all season, you look at the Cardiff side; they must have energy. It must be there. Must be a huge. You know, they've had a real disappointing couple of weeks. The desire must be there for them to take the game to. And whether they win it or not it's another matter. But I just sense they'll carry that performance in from from Spurs into the home game. But how to call it? I mean, draws useless as well <laughs> for either side. But you've got Cardiff who can't score. You've got Fulham who can't keep a clean, clean sheet. he has got to give. No, absolutely. And and you know, Fulham aren't free scoring. So for me, it's if you asked me who do I think will win that, I, I'd go with the home side. What a big game it is. Cardiff
0: against Fulham. Let's take a look now at some of the other Barclays Premier League fixtures taking place this weekend. Just five matches. That's due to the FA Cup quarterfinals. The early kickoff is West Brom against Manchester United. Then at three, that match, Cardiff against Fulham, Palace at home to Southampton, Norwich against Stoke. What a big game that is for Chris Hughton once again. And then the small matter of Chelsea against Tottenham. On Saturday
5: evening, what stands out Ian? We talk about Chelsea, Tottenham. It's a huge deciding game in lots of ways for Tottenham. If they were to lose that, they're out of the Champions League race for me. But I just can't help, and you can't help but be drawn to, to the first game of the day. You know, West Brom in needed points. Man United in no type of form not quite understanding where they were. You know, for me, is, it, is Fellaini back in the side? you would like to think so. I thought he did OK in the Palace win. You know, I, I didn't understand why he didn't play in Europe. So for me, they've had, they have they should be well-rested and they've been beaten already by West Brom. Don't forget, you know, with the 2-1 home defeat to, to West Brom. So for me, it's going to be interesting to see Man United's reaction to the disappointing week or so. As you say, that's the
0: early kickoff on Saturday. And to help preview the game, we're joined now by a Baggies fan. Dave Healy, who is blind, is an official ambassador for the Albion Foundation and has been raising money for charity by running back-to-back marathons, would you believe, and many other things besides as well. Welcome to the show, Dave. How are we? We're very well indeed. We'll talk about the game against United in just a moment, but is this right? In 2008, you ran seven marathons in seven different continents in seven days. I mean, that's ridiculous.
4: (laughs) Yes, I did. But uh, now, now I reflect back on it. You know, you do think and, uh, and challenge your sanity. But, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic week.
0: And you've done lots more besides, hasn't you, to raise money for charity. Yeah, is that right?
4: Yeah, yeah. I've done um, numerous London marathons, which is, uh, you know, a fantastic event. Uh, the seven marathons. i also done ten marathons back-to-back. Uh, we did seven countries, 700 miles on a bike last year. Yeah, you know, it, it all brings in a little bit of awareness and hopefully brings in some funding for uh, very, very good characters.
0: It is sensational. Fair play to you. It really is brilliant. You've got the nickname, haven't you, in, in the Midlands, Blind Dave. And yep. I've been up to the Hawthorns a bit. You're a bit of a celebrity in those parts, aren't
4: you? You use that word, not me. But, uh, you are. But, uh, yeah, yeah um, I think for, you know, for some of the, the things that I've been up to, a few people sort of know of me. And uh, it's nice, you know what I mean. It's, it's nice that uh, people always give you a little bit of time. So, uh, hey. I'm doing something right somewhere,
5: I hope. Well, Dave, I'm a bit jealous of you running marathons. Only. I may to do half marathons, but just interested to see how you feel the team's progressing on the mill. You know, for me, I'd just like to raise the point, was it a surprise given that you always look very organised under Steve Clarke, you know, maybe Nick the odd goal, now to sort of play a more expansive you know, style of football? Do you think it was the right change at the right time or not? I
4: don't know. I think we've all got our own opinions of it. And I think me as a fan, I, I must admit, it was a sort of a tongue-in-cheek, scratching my head thinking, why now is they... You know, are they getting rid of Steve Clark? Whether he was good or bad, I mean, that's that's everybody's opinion. And I like Steve, you know, I like his style of football. But now they've got Mr. Peppermellon, and uh, I'm hoping he's got enough time left in the season to sort of sort his own personal 11 out and put us, you know, back onto winning ways.
0: And what about United? What about the opposition? You're catching them at a good time, aren't you?
4: Well, you know, everybody's going on about United and, you know, the the talk of when we took on Chelsea, you know, is it going to be 2-0, 3-0, 4-0? But, hey, we'd only under- um, United 2-1 back in September and, hey, that's not the team that they were.
5: I mean, I, I remember going to... to the Hawthorns, when I took Palace there and you went two and up with about three minutes to go in a game that was vital for relegation and the crowd were absolutely jumbled. We, we actually managed to equalise later on, but how important do you think the fans are going to be, Dave?
4: I think the fans are going to be extremely important. And I, and I do believe that if they go back in the memory banks, you know, we had that 5-5 five, five at the end of last <laughs> season, which was fantastic. and And I just think with some of the results that we have had against the supposed top team, I reckon the fans now... I reckon we can take points off
0: Manchester United. That would get you lot boing-boing again, that's for sure. Oh. Just, just finally, Dave, what, what's next? What's the next challenge for you?
4: Well, I've got a couple of half-marathons coming up, um, especially the Great North and the Birmingham, but I'm, um, I'm taking part in a, a, a better 500-mile bike ride in June, which is encompassing some of the um, Tour de France course in the UK. So it's a, a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, again for charity, and I'm hopefully going to be supporting the, uh, the foundation. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a bit of a cooler year this year. I've got a, a slight little injury niggle, so I'm going to have a, just a few half marathons to try 10, <laughs> and then next year there could be another biggie looming. We don't know. I'm going to wait and see
0: <laughs> Fantastic, Dave. You are truly amazing. Good luck with all of that. Good luck with the challenge and enjoy the game as well. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Ian Dowie, that, that is some character,
5: isn't it? <laughs> some character. I mean, you know, I, I like me row running myself, but it's <laughs> seven marathons, in <laughs> seven continents, in seven different days. Just incredible what it does to your body. But uh, wonderful that he's doing it for charity and such a passionate uh, Albion fan. And just the 500 miles, he said, on the bike. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sums yeah,
0: up, no, Dave, eh? In June. Quiet one. Well, that's just about all we've got time for this week. My thanks to Ian Dowie for your company. Thank you, Ian. Pleasure. Before we go, have a try at this week's trivia teaser. Now, on Saturday, Andre Schürrle became the third German player to score a hat-trick in the Barclays Premier League. Can you name the other two players to have achieved this feat? There's a clue for you. One is obvious, the other less so. If you think you know the answer... Tweet it to at Barclays Footy or post it onto the Barclays Football Facebook page and we'll reveal it on the site later in the week. We'll be back next Tuesday to discuss all the weekend's action, including a crucial London derby between Chelsea and Spurs and that huge bottom-of-the-table clash between Cardiff and Fulham. Until then, though, from Ian Dowie and myself, Ed Chamberlain, it's goodbye. You've been listening to the official podcast of the Barclays Premier League, brought to you
4: by Barclays.